Hi there, this is Alvin, and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is none other than Doran Vermont, a domain investor, founder of dngeek.com, and the co-founder of fd.com, the world's largest commission-free domain marketplace. Today, Dorn and I discuss how his job board expertise intersected with domain investing and development. Dorn discusses how journaling about domains he bought and sold became known as dngeek.com. Dorn also reveals an alarming real life story about why domain ownership is imperative when developing a domain. And last but certainly not least, Dorn and I chat a bit about what led to launching FD.com and what it means to go from domain investor to an industry leading domain innovator and service provider. So with that, Dorn, welcome and thank you for making time to join us today. Thanks, Alvin. Great to uh, be here on your podcast. Certainly. Certainly. So at the time of this recording, it is like 9 a.m. Central Standard Time uh, on what feels like a week of elections that will never end. So it is uh, what I guess mid-afternoon for you or starting actually probably going late afternoon. Yeah, it's towards the end of the afternoon here. So we, you know, we, we chatted briefly about the, uh, you know, just about the elections in general. It's, it, I kind of want to know, like, what is it like watching the elections from afar? Obviously I live here (laughs) within the States and I get day to day, hour to hour, minute by minute updates. But what, what is it like to kind of experience the U S election from afar? It seems the whole world is watching now, maybe, um, you know, I lived abroad for many, many years. So a lot of my friends made over the years, they are Americans and, you know, um, you know, uh, expatriates and so on. So maybe in my social circle, um, people are a little bit more on top of, of, of following this news. But uh, even here in the Netherlands today, I think, uh, you know, the eight o'clock news definitely starts with, you know, the US election. So yeah, the world <laughs> is watching, certainly. Well, while the world is watching, the domain world is listening and tuning in to us today. So that's the good news. Um, and so to kick things off, Dora, let's briefly share at a high level with our listeners a bit about yourself, who you are, your personal and professional background. Sure. So um, I, like I said, I, I, I'm basically um, from the Netherlands. I was born and raised in the Netherlands. I spent the last 14 years uh, abroad, in uh, mainly in Hong Kong, uh, where um, I moved initially for my uh, job at the time, uh, and um, then uh, started working for myself. Also got into the domain industry from there. But recently uh, moved back to the Netherlands with my family. So after 14 years, I'm, I'm back in uh, the motherland, so to speak been um, active within the domain industry since 2012 so around eight years now I, I, I wouldn't consider myself like a newbie anymore I've been around in the industry for like a few years now yeah he's been around the industry and there's a song that says I've been around the world and I I I can't find my baby well <laughs> might not find our baby but we're gonna talk about some good domain stuff today so um Man, what, what's interesting is I didn't realize that you had only been been domain investing since 2012. I actually thought it was longer. So you and I probably have that about the same timeline where we entered uh, the industry. Yeah, I mean, when I think about it, eight years, it's actually still, still quite a long time. You know, when I right. entered the industry, 
um, just like always, it, it felt like, oh, I'm late to the industry. But if you look back at the opportunities that have been the last eight years to kind of uh, jump in and, uh, you know, grow with the industry, there's, there's still uh, so many opportunities that there have been in the last eight years. So I think it's never too late to get started in the domain name industry. I think um, there's, uh, you know, the industry keeps developing. Uh, every year and there's, there's there's always opportunities for new people to get started yeah do well within uh, domain names so then in terms of let's talk a little bit about your start or rather how you got your start and so prior to 2012 like what were you what were you doing before domain names ever come across your radar i've worked uh, within the job board industry for a long time. So I think I, uh, I started working for one of the largest uh, online job boards in the Netherlands around uh, probably 2000 and, uh, 2003 or 2004. I can't remember exactly. Uh, but that, that's how it kind of uh, you know, got started within uh, the internet industry. And uh, that's also what brought me to Hong Kong. So uh, when I was 24, I got an offer to start a job board uh, for the Chinese market. And um, I launched the very first English language job site for Greater China. Um, so that's kind of what I did before I got started in domains. So job board industry like what drew you to that is that just hey that's where available work showed up or did you have a connection in or you know kind of what's the backstory there um, yeah so the city i i lived in uh, just happened to be the uh, the home base of, of one of the largest job boards in the netherlands even at the time it was a small company i think when mm -hmm. i got hired into that business i think i was one of the first 10 people who worked for that company and in the two years I worked there, the online recruiting industry grew so big that by the time I left, I think that company had around 60 staff or so. And it was acquired by a very big publishing company, basically a company that mainly was invested in, in print. And uh, uh, that was pretty much around the time that uh, the recruitment industry was shifting from print to online. So my job at the time was literally calling companies who were still uh, <laughs> advertising in newspapers and magazines uh, and, and get them to post their vacancies, their job postings online instead of, uh, you know, in print. So that was around that time. And that company just happened to be in the, in the city I used to live. I was very lucky to, to get in there as an early uh, employee. You know, I was just a simple sales guy. I was just on the phone all day, probably putting in like 100, 150 phone calls a day, calling companies, talking them into, hey, you should post your job online instead of in the newspaper. That's really how I got my start within the uh, internet uh, industry. Yeah. Wow. So then it went from that company, then kind of what was your, I guess, what was the next stop from, from that company? Yeah, so I worked there for about two years. So uh, during the very exciting period of the company getting started to it being acquired by a big publisher. And after the company was bought, uh, of course, the job was a lot less exciting. Uh, <laughs> one of the biggest uh, reasons I left was that our bonuses were being, uh, you know, uh, reduced heavily. Um, you know, once we were part of this big corporation. So one of my uh, 
uh, clients, so to speak, there was a recruitment company that I used to sell to was one of my clients in my portfolio. They said, hey, we're expanding and we're opening a, uh, an office in China. And um, since you, uh, you know, you know so much about the online recruitment space, why don't you come with us? We'll fund uh, a job board and you are going to run that. And uh, we're going to do that in China. And because at that time, 2006 or so, China was uh, pretty much on the rise and um, a lot of Western companies were looking to expand into China. So our idea was, hey, uh, there certainly must be a need for a English language job portal for all of these expatriates that are being hired and these overseas Chinese people who are in the US or in Europe who are now looking to move back to China uh, to jump on that uh, very fast moving train for the, you know, in terms of the Chinese economy that was booming at the time. And uh, so, yeah, I got a job offer. I was like, uh, I was 24. Um, I had nothing to lose. Uh, it was <laughs> other people's money. Uh, they funded the entire operation and I um, was put in charge to, to kind of lead that project and uh, take ownership of that. And uh, instead of setting up shop in China, we actually ended up opening up our office in Hong Kong. And uh, that was in uh, 2006. So yeah, I was very uh, lucky, uh, so to speak, to get offered that opportunity. And uh, I packed my suitcase and uh, a month later, uh, I got off the plane in Hong Kong. Yeah. And, and, uh, and away you went with a new adventure, a new journey then. Yeah, it was, it was super exciting. I just jumped in and uh, I, I still remember that even my, uh, you know, we were about to launch this English language job portal, but I, I remember actually my own level of English was pretty poor. So <laughs> the, this, the company that, that hired me for this, they, they were like, all right, you know, Doran can do that. You know, they, they didn't know. Uh, I was very, very unexperienced. And, uh, <laughs> so so uh, then but, how did you, how did you overcome this? Just by, um, you know, if, if you're really forced to adapt, then it happens very quickly. So, mm. um, immersion. Yeah, I just went out there. We, 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 we worked with the Dutch uh, web development agency to build the site. Uh, we, we invested a lot of money into building the platform. And um, so I worked on that first before we moved. And by the time we arrived in Hong Kong, uh, the site was up and running. And I just had to get on the phone and, and get job postings on there. So I just got on the phone. I started calling, you know, big corporations, recruitment companies, getting them to uh, advertise on the site. And uh, I think at one point we actually had around uh, 60,000 job postings or so on that wow. side. Yeah. But, you know, we, we never got it to a point where it became a profitable business. So after about, I think, four years or so, the uh, that adventure ended. We basically went bust. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. So and, then kind of what happened there? So you so you guys uh, build it up. So you get pretty much all these job postings. But from right. revenue, I guess from a revenue and profit standpoint, it just never quite turned the corner. No, I can tell you why. Um, the, the Chinese market is so enormous. Uh, in terms of, you know, not just the number of people looking for jobs, but also the companies that advertise. And hmm. uh, we were competing with uh, job boards like 51Job, Pin, China HR, 
um, you know, China's largest job boards, where you could buy a hundred job postings for maybe two hundred fifty US dollars. So uh, that uh, is, if you compare that at the time with the European market or the US, where at that time, early days, when you would post a job on Career Builder or Monster in the US, you paid hundreds of dollars. Uh, the margins were huge in Europe and the US. Uh, in China, we were charging, I think, 40, 50 US dollars per job posting, which was sometimes uh, 20, 25 times more than the competition. So we had like a super, super premium product, so to speak. Uh, but the margins were uh, still a lot lower than in Europe. And it was very hard to compete with these uh, large job boards who were literally giving it away, just going after volume. So then essentially you ran it for what, like four years. And then it was just like you couldn't couldn't make the ends meet or I guess the the, the market uh, just wasn't there for it. And then kind of, I guess, I guess what happened? Like you just walk in one day and that was it or? <laughs> well, so, um, you know, we had a recruitment uh, business, uh, you know, the majority owners of the job board also had a recruitment business and basically gotcha. that business was always funding the job board. But, you know, at, at, at one point, uh, this was around 2008, 2009, there was uh, on top of that, a huge, uh, you know, uh, economic downturn. Yeah. Uh, and not just in the US and Europe, but this was globally. So uh, in Hong Kong, uh, it was a terrible year as well. So um, there was basically no uh, money to fund the further expansion of the job board business. And uh, uh, we had built such a complicated uh, platform. Uh, there was no cloud hosting or anything. At that <laughs> in these years, so we were paying, you know, approximately five, six thousand US dollars a month on, you know, on hosting and web crawling and all that stuff, yeah. and um, you know, basically funds just dried up, and at one point uh, we couldn't really uh, pay up our hosting bills anymore, and that's also when the the web development agency basically just uh, put. Uh, you know, put aside on, um, you know, they just took it offline and that was pretty much the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So you got to enter it in and it doesn't resolve and you kind of know the story from there. Right. Yeah. So that was kind of like the end of it. And, um, you know, it was a pretty wild ride. So, uh, I think we, 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 we had to shut down the business, I think around 2008 or nine. Yeah. So you shut down the business. So did you have any of the code base, the domain name, any of that stuff? Uh, no. So this is, this, this is the classic mistake. It was all um, you know, owned and managed by the web development agency we worked with, including the domain name. Because when we launched, when we set up this company, we just said, hmm, you know, this is how we want to name it. Can you guys please register the .com, the .net, and maybe the .cn and the .hk for Hong Kong? And uh, they just took care of that. And uh, so we didn't even, you know, word the official owners of the domain name. Um, yeah. Um, so we, yeah, <laughs> would you do we, that today? <laughs> what do you think? No. Yeah. He's like not only. Absolutely. 
absolutely, absolutely not. not the case. <laughs> no, but at, at that time, it was very common uh, for companies to just say, you know, hey, we're going to start this online business. And you would just let your web developer take care of the domain name, you know, because uh, then... Um, Why do you think uh, that's the that was the case, I guess, back then? I mean, was it really that hard to actually go out and actually purchase names during that time or... Not really, but, you know, just managing the DNS of a domain name, if, right. if, you're, if you're not technical, it's just, I think a lot of companies, they just say, especially at, the, at this time, you know, you would just ask your uh, web developer to, to take care of that stuff. It was pretty common in those days. Yeah, right. I'd say. Yeah. I would say, I, and I still find it to be common, especially, I mean, if you're talking about like mom and pop shops that are that are out there they're they're focused on doing their business it's kind of like i they're not looking at i'm not wanting to go learn anything else nothing else and especially if they're not technically inclined you know if they're tech challenged it's like no like you all go and and deal with that uh obviously you, you stated the obvious downfall is that you know, if something happens, like your company goes bust, they kind of own you. Or if you can't make payments, then they can either pull the site, they own the domain. Uh, I mean, in, in terms of today, you know, how, how does that actually play out? Is that still something that is kind of like grave danger or not so much? Well, I think today, uh, I think most entrepreneurs Today, they know that they should uh, own, uh, they, they should be the registrant of the domain name and, uh, you know, have full ownership and access to the DNS. But like you said, I, I still think a lot of like, you know, mom and pop shops, they might just, uh, you know, choose to entirely outsource the whole thing. Although I think that that's also changing because these days with Wix.com or Squarespace, right. you just go to Squarespace or Wix.com. You can buy the domain, you put up your own site, go to the website builder. I think that that has also changed the landscape because back in the day, there, there weren't any Wixes or Squarespace or website builders. So if you wanted to go online, you had to work with a web developer anyway. And right. that landscape has changed a lot with these companies that anyone without technical know-how can easily get up a website these days. You know, back in the days when we were started, I don't think WordPress even existed at the time, you know. So whatever your ID was, you had to go out there and get someone to take part of the technical um, part of the biz. Yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't uh, like you said, it wasn't cloud hosting. It was straight up physical servers. Uh, that's what you were paying exactly. for uh, was exactly. physical servers. Uh, and it was typically depending on site traffic, it was typically more than one. Um, that you were either doing some sort of load balancing or round robin type situation, uh, you know, to to balance your traffic. But that being said, so then once that all kind of ended, kind of blown up, then then I guess like where did you go from there? From from well, that experience. So, so so this company um, we shut it down. I think you know. 2008, 2009, around the, the global financial crisis. And then at that time, you know, I've, I've met my girlfriend, who's now my wife and, you know, the mother of my child. And, you know, I've made a lot of friends. So there was no way I would pack my bags and go back to the Netherlands. I mean, Hong Kong was the place to be. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I um, took a job. I went to pay uh, or I went to work for a company again, which was actually quite nice because I had this monthly paycheck and you know, I had a salary again. And, you know, it, it just, uh, it was, uh, it, it was good. 
Um, and um, I worked in executive search for a while. So I, I used to work for um, basically um, recruitment firm that that recruits for uh, senior executives. So I used to uh, recruit people in the in the media and in the internet space. So I worked for a lot of startups to help them build their uh, you know their their uh, C level team, and uh, that was uh, you know actually a, a great job uh, to be in, but. It was really repetitive because you have to go out and 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 literally hunt, uh, you know, for a company and and fill a position within their firm, and then you start all over again. So you know, mm. you, you just have to. You don't really build something up. It's just like, um, so it kind of after a couple of years, I um, after that I rejoined another uh, job board. Which was based out of Hong Kong and uh, which was called Recruit.net. That company still exists. At the time, it was one of the uh, leading uh, job search engines in Asia Pacific. And I worked there for four years or so and really helped them become uh, one of the bigger search engines for jobs in the Asia Pacific region. And uh, during that time, I also uh, uh, discovered uh, domain names uh, as well. And um, in the end, um, I resigned from that job to, to focus full-time uh, on domains and building FT uh, a few years later. Yeah. Nice. So then in terms of like, what was, where was that intersection moment of you, I guess, getting bit by the domain bug? Mm. So that was, uh, like I said, the, the domain name of the job board I founded in China, so that company was called New China Career, and mm-hmm. uh, we had the job board on the newchinacareer.com domain name. So that domain name was, uh, um, you know, registered at Network Solutions of all places uh, by our uh, web developer, um, and <laughs> I think we had paid for that, or they had paid for that multiple years in advance. So um, I knew that this domain name. Uh, was set to expire in somewhere in 2012. So even though we shut down the new China career business already for a couple of years, I always kind of, you know, looked up the domain name to see kind of, you know, if they had renewed it or kind of, I was kind of keeping track of it to see what, what happened with it. Because this business, we, we invested so much time and money and resources in, it had like a, you know, a huge backlink profile, you know, we mm. had um, a lot of sites linking to New China Career over the years. And I always thought, hey, if I, if they let that domain name expire, then definitely I'm going to register it uh, and, you know, see if I can, can use it maybe to relaunch a, uh, you know, simple site on the domain. So at one point I saw the domain was about to expire. And then when you go to the, to the domain name, then you know, new network solutions at the time, they put up like this pay-per-click landing page, but it also says this domain name is expired. Uh, click here to back order it. Or there, <laughs> basically there was a link on the landing page and that link took me to Namejet because all of the network solutions domains that expire, right. they go exclusively to Namejet, at least at the time. And I've never heard of Namejet. Uh, I've never heard of you know, domains, dropping domains or anything like that. <laughs> of course, I knew domains, they expire and stuff, but I I didn't know there was this whole world of like, you know, expired domain name auctions and so on. So 
I landed at Namejet. I created an account and um, I placed a back order for my own domain name, newchinacareer.com. And while I was waiting for that auction to start, I kind of start browsing around and, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, this whole world opened up for me about all these domains that expire and, you know, these auctions. And I still remember it really well because on the night that the new com domain went to auction, I was so surprised because I was the only one who had a back order until maybe two days before the auction and suddenly there were five and then 10 and then I still had 15 other people or so competing with me in the auction for that domain name um, <laughs> probably because it had so many backlinks and so right. on and uh, I had to pay I think probably like 500 uh, US dollar or so to win back the domain uh, but that's when I realized hey there's this whole world out there of people who speculate and, and buy these expired domains and uh, so I bought back my own domain name that night, but I also started buying uh, all sorts of other domain names that I thought, uh, you know, looked cool and had some potential. And from there on, I discovered, uh, you know, uh, the end journal. I started to read some of the industry blogs and that's, that's how I got into the domain name industry. And uh, yeah, I never stopped buying, I think, after that. <laughs> <laughs> and so from one bad experience of not owning a domain, fortunately, you were able to get it back. Now, it took some years to get it, but you were able to get it back. And, and with it, here came a whole new career. And so how did you go about entering into the domain name industry? You know, you hear about the the trial and error investing. Matter of fact, I did a uh, episode with um, a colleague of yours, Keith DeBoer. Yeah. Um, and so he was talking about the trial and error investing right. of uh, in the in brandable domains. And so, like, did you just, I guess, shoot out of the gate, just buying different domains, not really knowing or, you know, kind of what was your approach? I think uh, what helped me right off the, from the start is a couple of things. First of all, I started to buy domain names at namejet.com. A lot of people who start out in the industry, they have this idea, they think they have this brilliant idea, they think of all these domain names, they go to godaddy.com and they start looking for domain names that they still can register right. at, at, a, you know, at the usual normal fee. Well, I started out buying domain names at auction and I was just looking at what everyone else is betting on. You know, so <laughs> I think the first hundred domain names or so I bought were all auction domains from Namejet. And I was just kind of looking at, you know, what are other people buying? So there, you know, uh, I think that helped me a lot because if there's five or six other people bidding on a domain name, you know, there's at least some sort of a demand for it. So um, I did bought also, of course, um, uh, some domains that were pretty useless, like um, in, <laughs> in, in different extensions. And so I think uh, I remember I, I picked up some .info domains and quite a few .nets. Uh, but overall, most of the domains I bought were .coms. Most of them were expired. And most of them were, you know, in the two to $500 range or so. And um, looking back, my first purchases were, you know, not that bad um at all 
and it was um yeah so that was one factor that uh, i considered myself quite lucky i started out buying domains at auctions and not hand registering them mm. um, the other thing is of course i i've, I've worked within um, the internet and online industry already for quite a few years so and i've, I've founded and, and 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 worked for a lot of uh, online companies so i had a little bit of an idea about what makes a, a decent brand um, and for that reason also uh I focused pretty much on brandable domains right from the start. Now, did you set a, you know, some kind of threshold or limit in terms of what you were willing to spend in terms of how low you would go or, or even how high? Um, not really. I think, well, pretty much all of my purchases the first year or two were like under $1,000. So I didn't really go after really big names. Um, what I did many years later is I did look back at all of my uh, name jets. Um, um, what is it called? If you place a bet, you're basically put uh, on the your, list. Uh, back like orders? A, yeah, or like a pre-bet pre, pre bet before. Yeah. Anyway, you know, anyone can put in their $69 bet at name jets, yeah. and then you are added to the auction, right? So, right. Years later, I looked back at, at all my early back orders, so to speak, and uh, there were all these names that I did not want. And then I was like, ah, oh, if I could only buy them now for the price they were, you know, <laughs> sold for back then at auction. Right. So I really wish um, I had gone a lot higher on a lot of names, but I was kind of sticking to names under the thousand dollars, you know, probably like, uh, you know, around the 500 dollar mark or so and uh, hmm. you know the good thing is like i said i was still working full-time as uh, at recruit.net and i was making uh, you know a very decent salary right and and that is i think very important if you start out in domain name investing that, that you don't quit your day job um you know just wait what say that again don't quit your day job, you know. Uh, Wait, I thought everybody quit their day job and hit it rich, hit oh it big. Man, if it was only so easy. Um, the, the the thing is, for me, what it was just great. I I had a good job, so I could say, all right, I'm gonna spend like you know, like fifteen hundred dollars a month on buying domains without any pressure on me to start immediately selling those or turning a profit. Um, well, what you see, yeah, so um yeah don't quit your day job <laughs> <laughs> it, because it, it took me i think uh it took me eight months or so before i sold my first domain name you know ah uh, and, and that's uh, what i was gonna ask like yeah. obviously you 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 went to buy but then that's the other side of the question is as quick as you were buying were you also studying up and becoming a quick study rather to the art of outbounding and selling a domain obviously you being in the, the uh, being in sales in one industry, how did that really, I guess, correlate or transfer to you know the domain industry itself? Right. Now, I've I've never done any outbound. Uh, well, never. No, that's not true. Uh, I've hardly <laughs> ever done any outbound on my domain names. What? Uh, I, would, I would just register them and then um, you know um, kind of sit wait. back. 
wait for inquiries. But uh, yeah, no, I was I was uh, one of the things that uh, um, I, I I stumbled upon very early was brand bucket and. Mm. Uh, Brand buckets uh, has been around for a long time, actually. When I found brand buckets, I think they were already in business for four years, five years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started out selling at brand buckets because I loved the whole idea of selling a brand instead of just a domain name. I loved the, you know, the descriptions, the logos, and uh, finding brand bucket really got me, you know, hooked on the whole idea of you know, a brandable domain, selling brands. So my first couple of years or so, I was really heavily invested in, in listing my domains on, on brand bucket and later also on, on some of the upcoming uh, competitors of brand bucket, like brandroot.com, which is was later acquired by uh, brand bucket. And so my first uh, domain I've sold, uh, also sold through brand bucket it was um, a domain i bought on namejet and the domain name was obria so o-b-r-i-a.com i think it sold for uh, you know, four thousand something dollars on brand bucket and i think i paid uh, maybe <laughs> uh, less than 100 bucks for it on uh, namejets uh, wow yeah, yeah. So it, it actually sold for $4,696 on Brent Bucket. Yeah. And what was your first thought when you got that first sale? I, I, I actually still remember it. I think everyone does, right? Your first sale. I think everyone remembers that. Uh, I think I went out to walk my dog and then just walked out the front door, looked at my phone, and then I got the, the email <laughs> that says, you know, congratulations, your domain xxx.com sold and uh you know even now after having sold quite a few domains uh you know who doesn't love that email right when you wake (laughs) up or when you just check your phone you know those are the best emails to get certainly certainly now in terms of domain investing like uh i guess are you because you sit in an interesting seat. So obviously you're a domain investor. You're also the the founder of uh, dngeek.com as well as co-founder of FD. Now, obviously you had that first domain sale, but I guess how, how did you make the jump from domain investor to actual publisher of dngeek.com? Uh, so pretty early on, um, I, I stumbled upon, uh, you know, when I got into domains, I, I just spend hours and hours just researching and so i found name pros i found uh, uh, some of the you know the the sales reports from the in journal but i i also pretty quickly stumbled upon domaining.com which is like the aggregated uh, you know news feed for the industry right and i started just absorbing all of these blogs every day you know just reading all of them and because i think that's that's the best way to learn it's just you know when you get started in the industry read the blogs you know get onto the forums you know uh, read 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 uh domain sherpa.com uh i watched that for months of my life watching domain sherpa <laughs> because when i got in the industry there was already hours and hours of content on there um but uh, i read all these blogs and i thought you know why you know maybe i should just start one myself and I didn't really do that to for others. I thought it was great just for myself to kind of more like as a journal. So 
yeah, I went out, I got a domain name. So I got dngeek.com and I put up a WordPress site and I just started to write um, about the domain names uh, I've bought uh, and later on the domain names I've sold. And it, it started out really as, as a bit of a personal journal and uh, to document my journey within the industry. But pretty quickly, people found the blog, then um, I had it uh, included on domaining.com and that way a lot more people started reading it. Yeah, that's really how I got into publishing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. then, how, now, how did you score dngeek.com? Was that a hand-ridge, third-party purchase? Mm, the thing about it is it was definitely used before. Um, I think I might have gotten it on the drop. Let me just see what I've paid for it. <laughs> Uh, because I'm, I'm actually just now kind of looking into my FD account and then I can quickly see what I actually paid for the domain. And uh, it, it was definitely a, a hand registration because I paid less than $10 for it. Um, but I still remember that when I launched DNGeek, there was something strange with the domain name because if I posted a link on it on Twitter, it was blocked. <laughs> the site, the site was uh, was blacklisted somewhere, you know. And uh, so um, later on, I, I did some digging, and then um, I actually saw it, it was used for something else, domain related. But I think the previous owner did something uh, a little bit dodgy with it because uh, it took me probably around six months or so be before I could actually uh, share links to the sites on, on social media and so on. Yeah. So it took me uh, a little bit to to clean up the domain, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I did register it on the drop, uh, but it was used pre in a previous life. Yeah. And so you so you go from domain investor to publisher. And then now, I guess in terms of what what is the size of your domain portfolio? Has it been something that's been consistent over the years or have you, you know, had high highs, low lows? Kind of where are things at there? Uh, I always used to be around like 500 domains or so, mm -hmm. mainly .com. Uh, then probably like everyone else, my portfolio increased significantly during the Chinese boom because I had probably like a few hundred letter, letter, number, number, .coms or, you know, these these domain names that uh, everyone was kind of hoarding uh, during the time that the Chinese were buying all these pretty worthless patterns. Um, but that was just a short period of time. I dropped most of those after that market completely crashed. And then my portfolio was kind of back at the same level. So around 500 or so domains. Currently, it's it's more because I started to diversify over the year, the last two years, and I've uh, invested quite heavily in uh, .io and .co domain names. So currently, I'd say my portfolio is is uh, a little bit under a thousand domains, with about half of that uh, being .coms and uh, the other half uh, .io and .co. Now, why'd you diversify or choose to diversify in .io.co? One of the uh, series I posted on DNGeek for many years was like a weekly uh, list of newly funded startups mm -hmm. and their domain names. So I used to, every week, I, I used to publish like an enormous list of newly funded startups and their domain names. And uh, I would analyze that. So I would write a post and say, oh, you know, 70 
4% of these startups is using the .com. Uh, this many startups is using alternative extensions. I was kind of keeping track of how many of these startups is using one of the new GTLDs. Spoiler alert, not many at the time and still <laughs> not many startups are using the new GTLDs. But one thing I did see uh, was that a lot of startups were using a .co or .io and that number only increased and increased over the years. Uh, so um, I was like, hey, there is, there is a market for that. And then um, I think I met a fellow domain name investor, Nicole uh, Zangri, uh, who's from London and he has a really large .co portfolio. We spent... Uh, a lot of time uh, talking uh, in Vegas. We had dinner together and uh, he's very successful within uh, .co. So after meeting with him, I really you know, decided to uh, invest more heavily in that extension uh, as well as uh, start buying more .io domains. And um, that paid off uh, quite well for me. I've, I've seen, so this year, 2020 has been my highest grossing year in terms, in terms of revenue from purely my own domain and portfolio. And that is uh, in part, you know, because I really diversified because a lot of my uh, larger sales these years were in, in these alternative uh, extensions, .co and .io. And so that's, so you, so you, you still, it's not that you don't buy .com, but it's just that, like you said, you, you diversified um, outside of .com and, and uh, I guess you'd say kind of settled uh, your portfolio a bit with uh, .io as well as .co. Right. I mean, now I'm, I'm kind of at the point where I say, hey, um, I want to add more .coms to my portfolio, um, especially because I, I really invested heavily in .co and .io because I think uh, they were undervalued. So right. you could really, if I would spend $1,000 on buying a .co.io, I could get a better name than spending that same thousand dollars on like a pretty average.com but so many uh, new so many investors are now also focusing on .io and .co that I'm you know kind of looking hey maybe my money is more valuable again in in in, in purchasing uh, .coms because a lot of the 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 good .co and .ios now they go for thousands of dollars also at uh, resale yeah so those prices have skyrocketed <laughs> and I, 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 I'm sitting on a really, really good portfolio of one word .ios and .co's already. Um, so my focus now is a little bit more on .com again. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, wrapping up then, uh, let's talk a little bit about kind of what led. So you, you did domain investing there. So you started down that path and then obviously they got you to DN Geek. Now, what led to FT? So FT the, was born out of a, a need I had myself. I think I was investing in domain names for about two years or so. And I tried out a lot of different solutions. So like I said, I was, I was a big fan of brand buckets, but I couldn't list all my domain names there. Maybe like, you know, at the time, only one out of 10 got accepted. And so I had all these other domain names. So I tried like 
you know, parking them. So I used parking crew and then I started looking at, um, you know, services, other services that, um, that I could use. But what I was really missing was a solution in the market that kind of could help me keep track also of my, um, you know, my expenses, like how much have I paid for my domain names? How much have I sold them for? What are my, my monthly renewal fees? I basically had no idea at the time if I was making a profit or if I, you know, because, you, you know, you always remember the sales, but you right. kind of tend to forget everything that hasn't made you profit, right? <laughs> so, and of course, there's Excel, but I hate Excel. I'm not good in, uh, you know, keeping track of all that stuff myself. So I was kind of looking for a solution that I could just kind of input my domains and keep track of all those things for me. Plus, I was looking for uh, a solution where I could put up a for sale landing page that didn't have any, uh, you know, pay-per-click ads. And at the time, uh, there wasn't uh, that much in the market. So um, that's when the idea for FD was born. Luckily, uh, one of my uh, best friends at the time, you know, he was back in Holland and I was in Hong Kong. We were kind of looking for an excuse to hang out more often and you know because he was living in, in Amsterdam I was living in Hong Kong and we, and we were like wouldn't it be cool if we have this excuse to kind of you know just jump on a plane and see each other a few times a year and you know do fun stuff and then we we're like oh let's just start a company and I was like hey I have this idea and that's how FT was born so we started building FT I think in 2014 I think we launched in private beta in the beginning of 2015 or so yeah Wow. And so and by that time, obviously, you had built DN Geek to pretty much it was a recognizable brand and still is a recognizable brand um, within the industry. And so that kind of paved the way for you to to uh, I guess you'd say have a have a test or a group of people that you could put FD in front of. I guess it just went from there. Right. Yeah. So DN Geek was started really not um, I never had, you know, the goal to make money by publishing. Uh, because the industry is so small, it was more right. like do documenting my journey. But in the end, once you have a readership, then if you create a product for that readership, then actually you have this great vehicle to uh, promote the product you've built. So I've built up the perfect readership audience to then tell them about FT. So yeah, I definitely used DN Geek in the early years to also promote FT a lot. And uh, when, you know, like I said, I, I always uh, wrote about um, domains I sold. And then once we had FT, I could tell people, okay, I've sold it. I used, you know, this landing page. And it was a great way to kind of promote FT. Uh, in the early days, for sure. Yeah, right. it was a big part of that. And then, and so really it goes from this conception of a, a landing page that offers portfolio analytics and management insight. And then you just turned a corner recently, I guess not too, not too long ago, prior to this recording of really becoming a marketplace, right? Yeah, so we, we started a... You know, I see there's a whole new chapter for FT. We still <laughs> offer, uh, you know, we still offer all the the features that uh, our users love us for, and uh, we will continue to do that. Uh, but uh, yeah, we now um, have a consolidated marketplace as well, so lots of added uh, exposure to our sellers' domains as well, and it's a really excited uh, chapter that right. we're uh, starting. Yeah. 
So I guess then in terms of FD, uh, just in terms of being that marketplace, um, obviously that is commissions free. Now, I guess, do sellers have the option of opting into that or opting out? Yeah, so FT sellers, they, they, they are completely in charge of uh, you know, their portfolio and uh, you can uh, opt out from uh, you know, listing your domains on, on, the, on the consolidated marketplace uh, very easily from within your account. Or you can simply uh, say, I want to have a private uh, seller profile so that no one can see which domains uh, are yours. Uh, awesome. So yeah, you, users are in full uh, control. We're not forcing anyone to to have their domains listed on that marketplace uh, at all. No. Nonetheless, we we've only seen a very small uh, percentage uh, of users opt out. But we 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 feel it's important that we we don't uh, enforce anything on uh, our users because the the power of FT is always that you know you're in charge. We don't charge commission. Uh, we don't have access to your data. Uh, you pay us a monthly fee. And uh, we see ourselves more uh, as, a, you know, like I say, like a hosting company for the domain name industry instead of uh, a, a marketplace that has any incentive um, to uh, be between you and a buyer. Mm. Now, are I guess now does FD I guess do any I guess is there any outbound marketing strategy in terms of you know because obviously when we think of marketplace one of the first questions is well how is FD bringing buyers over to its platform so is there any outbound marketing strategies of any sort that are going on that you know would be appealing to sellers uh, who may be looking to join FD. Right. So at the moment, uh, we don't do any uh, outbound marketing uh, for FT.com, but we have a pretty uh, uh, exciting plan for 2021 um, in terms of uh, how we can, how, how we are going to bring additional exposure through this marketplace for our sellers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you got to wait. You got to wait <laughs> to see what's going to happen then. Uh, no spoilers here. Uh, interesting enough. Well, man, last but not least, I guess wrapping up, like what would be your advice to someone, you know, entering into domain investing or development? Like how, where should they start? Well, don't get into development if you, if you don't have uh, a commercial or technical background. Uh, I mean, a, a lot of people, uh, they're great domain name investors, but uh, normally I advise against developing uh, if, if you're looking to invest, you know, developers are very different than, than investors, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, what, yeah, so if, because uh, if you have a great domain name, uh, developing it is not automatically going to increase the value because if you, if you do it poorly, it might actually decrease the value of the domain name. So um, I would only uh, develop... Um, you know, if, if you really have a long-term plan to build a business, like, uh, you know, Peter Askew selling like yeah. onions or, you, you know, like a job or board. Or yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because so, you did redevelop that domain. Now you got it back and you actually did redevelop it, right? My old job board domain, yeah. So newchinacreator.com is now developed again. And uh, <laughs> it's running on full autopilot with a very low hosting bill. But uh, And registered in your name. <laughs> yeah, it's registered in my name. The funny thing is it's still with Network Solutions. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, Come uh, on, Dorn. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. And every year when uh, 
it has to be uh, renewed. I say, I want to transfer it. And then network solutions say, wait, are you sure? And then suddenly you can renew it for only 10 bucks. So instead of paying the 30 bucks, I, you know, like, I just keep it there. Otherwise you have to change the DNS. Right. But uh, no, my advice for people who enter the domain name investing industry, which I think is just something completely different than domain development. Um, I think if you start with investment, uh, just uh, get started with um, reading, head over to domaining.com. There's a great uh, list of resources there. Uh, domainsherpa.com is a terrific free resource. And for those who say I'm willing to invest um, in like an accelerated, uh, you know, path to domain name investing and invest in a bit of education. DN Academy, I think is a great way to start, uh, in today's market and, uh, don't start spending on, uh, domains until you have a bit of, uh, an education there. So I, I know it's really difficult. Uh, once you mm. find out about the domain name industry, the first thing you want to do is just start buying. Right. <laughs> and another thing is, uh, yeah, don't, uh, um, because it's very tempting to say, oh, I'm just going to start and I, I buy the cheap domains because then I don't spend a yeah. lot, I don't risk a lot. But it's it's a lot better to say, uh, buy a domain name where some other people are bidding on. It doesn't have to be the, the domain names that go for many hundreds of dollars. But if, if you buy domains that go for $250 or so, and there's some other people bidding on it, you, you know at least there is some sort of a demand. So yeah, buy domains that other people want to buy too. If you get yeah, and yeah. Then- I tell people, I tell people oftentimes about that because a lot of times I just know listeners are out there. So what you're saying is, if there's one more person and we get into a bidding war, that's okay. Or if there's two more people, and it's like, nah. So you know, I tell people oftentimes, I'm like, look, if you probably have a better chance if there are at least four to five people plus yourself bidding. Yeah. Um, yeah versus the one or two people because you you know you just don't know if you're bidding against a bot or yeah. you're actually busy bidding against someone else yeah and uh, and, and and just don't buy new gtlds that, that are they still new <laughs> <laughs> like yeah like i know because even I, myself i still call them new gtlds and i'm like geez like it'll be a decade and we'll still be right. calling these things <laughs> new gtlds yeah don't don't buy most of the alternative extensions uh, you know, you, you can do well in some of the alternative extensions, but uh, yeah, it's better to, to branch out there once you, you get yourself familiar and have some success in, in .com. Well, last but not least, is there anything else that you'd like to share with listeners, how they can get in contact with you or how, they, how to get started with FT, anything? Well, for FT, we, we, we offer like a free 30-day trial, so anyone can just hope head over to ft.com, sign up for a free trial account. If you want to reach out to me, um, email is always the best way. It's doron, D-O-R-O-N at ft.com. Happy to uh, answer any questions or you know, help you get started. And uh, yeah. Yeah, man. So with that, we're out of time. So Doran, thank you again for joining us today and sharing your domain investing journey. My pleasure, Elvin. Thanks so much for having me. 
Yeah, and thank you listeners for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks, and that's all for now. 